much horror business Driving late at night Psycho 78 12 o'clock Don't be late I said all this horror business Greetings and salutations My name is Justin Lore, And I'm Liam O'Donnell And you are listening to episode 114 Of Horror Business Horror Business And today we are joined by a man who doesn't mind starting blasphemous rumors because he knows (laughs) that God has a sick sense of humor. Yeah. We're joined by Philadelphia's own vegan edge warrior, Chris. Chris is hardcore. Chris X, Weapon X, uh, a multitude of other... Hail Satan. Hail Satan. uh, uh, Chris Striegel. Mm. Hi, Chris. Hi. Wow, that was uh, that was an intro. <laughs> really, really it started over on, here. It started on the rails with Depeche Mode, and then it just kind of didn't go off the rails so much as it just kind of ran out of gas and then fell apart. Sounds here, like my life, honestly. <laughs> I, I'm sure. I'm sure a good chunk of our listeners know who Chris is. I want to give a little personal thing with Chris, which is oh. a Chris was at. The first hardcore show I ever went to. No shit. That was at the Friends. Oh, that it was, was of course a <laughs> twenty-five to life show. They did not show up for. Sounds about right. And instead, uh, Suburban Hoods, The Real Deal, and LTD played. Oh no! <laughs> I can't. I can't believe you said those three letters in a row on something that is being documented for the rest of time. I'm just saying, <laughs> and they played a downset cover. So there you go. Oh, uh, shit, they did. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and I was like, who's this guy in the Space Invaders hat? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, connected to horror, Chris, you yeah. were the one who told me about Hearthon. So I, we've talked really? about we've talked about Hearthon a lot on here, and I always tell people about how I discovered Exhumed way back when they were at Harwin, and I saw them the Halloween that they did the double feature of Evil Dead Two and Halloween. Nice. I was at that was my first that was my first Exhumed thing, and I went to a bunch of their stuff. However, I didn't know that they had started doing this twenty four hour thing. And mm-hmm. you told me about it. You said, "Oh yeah, have you gone to that Hearthon, the twenty four hour one?" And I was like. There's a 24-hour one, and you were telling me about it. I believe it was year three, and the first year I went was year four, I think. Okay. Or it might have been year two, and the first year I went was year three. I don't remember. Right. But you were the one, and I was like, oh, Exhumed. Like, the guys used to be at the Harwin and at the – where were they at after the Harwin? I don't know. Somewhere in, in Pensacola, and then I didn't go to the oh, other place right, that they right, were at. Right, but, right. but you were like, yeah, it's the same guys. They do this 24-hour fest. You should check it out. And I literally went – like I like the the first year I went I went and I was like well Chris is going to be there so I'll at least know somebody there you right. know and uh, and I ended up knowing more people there than I realized but at the time I was just like well as long as Chris is there so like you are an important part of my music sort of growing up because you were a very <laughs> noticeable uh weird looking dude at my first show yeah. ever although to be fair at a at a at a suburban hoods uh the real deal show everyone looks a little weird and. Uh, sure. And uh, and you were the one who told me about Harthon, which is like a huge part of us doing this podcast. So, oh, welcome. Of course, Relax. most people Let's also know you as like a as a as a tour manager, as a part of this is Hardcore Fest, and of course Philly Hardcore shows, and just a guy who's been going to shows longer than most other people that most people know, unless they're older uh, than you. I'm old, rub it in. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, there's, 
I'm not exactly young over here, Chris. So sure, you know, right, I'm, right. I'm not I'm not busting balls too hard. Yeah. All right. We listen. We all have a little bit of gray in our beards. It's okay. Yeah. So did did you mosh to the to the downset cover back in what I'm assuming was the mid '90s? Probably right. I'm going to go ahead and say I did not mosh, but that's because it was my first show. And so I was scared. In fact, I didn't mm. mosh until my second show, which was a sieve and smile and downset at the truck or not downset. I'm going uh, to correct Deftones, you on that. Deftones. Deftones. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Which that Deftones show was so funny to me because I had never heard of them. They get on stage. Every member of the band had dreadlocks, every single one. <laughs> and they were all... They were all wearing alien workshop gear. And I was like, is this like just like a skater band? But then the then the singer, who you guys probably know his name because I, I never kept up with Deftones, he took his yeah. he took his alien workshop hoodie off and he had a minor threat shirt on. I was like, oh, same team. I guess this band's cool then. <laughs> right. Uh and then Smile sucked and everybody booed in a very mean. Oh, there are people just sitting down on the stage they were while they played with their back to them. That was awful. That poor band. Like literally someone just was at the front, like right at the front of the stage, yelling, Go back to California. Which at the time I was like, Is that mean something? I don't know what that's supposed to mean. And then Sid was great and I had a lot of fun. Right, and yeah, I tried to mosh a little bit. Just a All little right. bit. Just a little bit. Interesting. But was that the first time, Justin, that I heard a downset cover? No, it was not. No, I'm oh. just I'm just curious as to why someone was covering Downset in Listen, the mid nineties. Because, <laughs> because it was the mid nineties. Wait, I, I I I meant to say it was that the first time. That's not what I meant to say. Was that the last time that I heard a downset oh, cover? Certainly. No, it was not. And I definitely moshed to one of the other times when I heard a downset cover. Uh as although most of the covers I heard in the nineties were either Burning Fight, uh, uh uh, the alone in a crowd one, you know. Right. Um, is anybody there? Yeah, is anybody, anybody there? Care? Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, and then crucified. Every oh, band sure, would sure, play sure. a crucified cover, and I'd be like, "None of you are skinheads. <laughs> what is going on right now?" <laughs> Do you want to hear the most ridiculous thing I ever saw at a show? What's that? So, go to see Agnostic Run, and I want to say it was at the Pipeline in New Jersey. So, Twenty Five to Life and Come and Correct both also played. Which, what the logistics of that? I don't know why they thought that was a good idea. Like, yeah. do we really do we really need do we really need both? But Come and Correct plays, and they play Crucified. I'm like, you're playing with AF. What are you doing? Roger comes out and sings it with them. Of course, Twenty Five to Life plays later. Plays Crucified. Fucking amazing. With Roger. And then, of course, Agnostic Front plays Crucified. I'm just like, what? What? <laughs> like, you're being given a platform to play with this, like, you know, legendary band. And what you do with your time is to play, like, the song that they're yeah. most known for, basically. <laughs> they could have they they at least played Public Assistance, right? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can i say for the record i'm not sure uh rick to life isn't you know uh neurally atypical as they say i was gonna use another word but we'll go with that yeah <laughs> so don't, like don't, uh, please about, <laughs> about five years or so ago i kind of started having this like theory that like maybe he's you know that way and i started to feel spectrum, bad about are you saying yeah uh that's being generous. Well, I was trying to be generous. Yeah, let's let's just I'm go a with very that. Generous guy, listen. You are if not, you are if nothing else generous. So yeah, I mean, I I'm still kind of dealing with seeing when Twenty Five to Life played with Stickman. 
yeah. this is hardcore and yeah. i realized like oh do i like 25 to life now because like when it's the music <laughs> with different vocals it's actually good and i'm See, still that was, the, sim- that was the point the band was trying to make at that point they're just like rick has just become a fucking circus sideshow act a fucking on his own. Just, like a- just because of what he as a person has become like like everybody just looks at the band as a joke and the original band members were like yo listen rick's clownery aside we were a good fucking band and that's why they got together and did that just to show people yo the songs were good too you know not just that shit i don't i mean we should move on but we probably probably should i'm not a whole other podcast that i we a could do and b i probably don't want to do but But, whatever but i'm (laughs) not i'm not i feel like the the claim the songs were good is a very bold context listen we're we're they're not fucking like writing prog rock epics here. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but I, but or, I mean, we're, I w- we're not Iron Maiden. Like in I, that con, in the context of you know mid nineties, sure, sure, sure. Those yeah. Records, two first two I mean, great. I will say, I will say, I have moshed to many a cover of Inside Knowledge. Inside of Knowledge course. is just a song that, like, of you know, there's a lot of bands like that from the nineties where. The whole catalog doesn't work for me anymore, but there might be that right. one song where I'm like, oh, fuck, that's, this song's that's the hit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He yells, and- all you motherfuckers move it, and you do. <laughs> oh, oh, you do exactly what to say, Chris. And now I, I have that embarrassed smile on. That's like, no, really, I don't we're, think I've we ever just spent five minutes talking about twenty five to life. We're all embarrassed here. Don't yeah, worry. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, before, so let's just say, uh, we, you know, as as you all know, when we have a guest on, we we tend to have them pick what we're going to talk about. And Chris, you picked two uh, sequels for us. What sequels did you pick for us to discuss today? Uh, we are uh, discussing Ghoulies 2 and Pumpkinhead 2. Blood, um, what's the sorry, pl- Pumpkinhead 2, Blood Wings. Blood Wings. Get the byline in there, too. I, I don't want yeah. to disrespect anybody. What's So can I... I'm glad you did this one because I've never seen Pumpkinhead two. Plus, it gives us oh. an opportunity for y'all to make fun of me for not liking Pumpkinhead. But I don't need an opportunity. Any, for that. I will take any opportunity yeah, to make fun no. of you that I can. I know, I know. <laughs> but I had forgotten how superior <laughs> Ghoulies two is to Ghoulies. One million percent. In fact, Chris, again, another time when Chris is important in my life. <laughs> I had never watched Ghoulies. I had seen only seen Ghoulies two. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. And I still have not seen Ghoulies Three until like when I was living in Philly. I'll you the DVD next time I see it. Go no, on. No, <laughs> no, I've seen Ghoulies now. I saw yeah, it when I was I, living I in know. Philly, and yeah. I said to you, "Hey, I finally saw Ghoulies. That movie sucks." And we talked about how Ghoulies, the original, is kind of a D and D movie that just happens to have puppets in it. Right. It's, it's such a weird Last fucking time I movie. I watched it. I watched it with you at your house. Oh, oh, that was the first time I had seen it. That was it. That yeah, was the first yeah, time. I'm pretty sure that's what that's like that conversation come up. Like, I've never seen it. And I was like, what? And you were like, OK, we got to watch it. That because the last time I watched it was at your house. Uh, uh, and now I every time I see Ghoulies, uh, I, I keep seeing recently Ghoulies merch that sure. is like stuff for Ghoulies. But the imagery from for it's the merch always from part two, right? It's from part two, man. And can there's we? A big, there's a big reason why in there, which we can go into, which is actually something that's just like a uh, you know the big lore. 
Oh, I can't wait. Movie. Oh, I can't yeah. wait for you to tell me about that. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, Justin probably already knows because he knows everything, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it may <laughs> even be common. It may even be common knowledge. I'm, I'm sure it is, but just, just as a talking point. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. Uh, before we do that, Justin, uh, I guess we should like thank people or something. <laughs> Uh, we should thank our patrons on Patreon at yep. patreon.com backslash Cinepunks. If you want to become part of the Cinepunks empire, um, if you want to be part of the, uh, ooh, how could I put this in? If you want to be part of the plague that's slowly spreading across the land and infecting <laughs> everyone with their cinephile bullshit and making you fucking insufferable to your fellow peers. Well, that took a turn. Yes. Uh, uh, wow. You can head to patreon.com backslash cinepunks and smash that motherfucking subscribe button and your hard-earned cash will give fly out of your, your wallet. What's that? I said give them your monies. Give <laughs> us your monies. Your Because it, it goes into our wallet, our collective <laughs> wallet, our delicious, tight wallet. And wow. then we, we, can, we can use it to fucking advance our leftist propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> I just lost my wallet. That's, that's what it comes down to. We also want to thank uh, our sponsors, Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. Um, look, you are a part of something, right? Everybody is involved in something. Maybe you have maybe you have a re maybe you have a reading group. Maybe you have a band that you play in. Maybe you're part of a D and D campaign. Whatever it is. Yeah. Wouldn't in you like some case that ladder? Yeah, I wish. Uh, wouldn't you like some merch for that thing? Maybe a T-shirt, a mug, a bandana, uh, some sort of like bondage pant, you know, uh, uh, dirt flap, whatever it is. They can help you out at Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. Now, Justin, the website yes. for uh, Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations is xlvacx.com. Is Chris Reject Straight Edge? No, don't even don't wow. even mention that. Yeah, what a fucking poser. He's, he's going to, I suspect he's going to try to Was fucking... he at the time when he started the company no. and got the website? No, it's simply because there's already an organization with those letters. Las, so Las Vegas to... Athletic. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he just decided cultural appropriation was the way to go Exactly. There. Okay, the that yeah. motherfucker. Because <laughs> what do we, I mean, when you said, was he at the time, if he's not now, he fucking never was. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Because he said it'd always be true, but he's a weak motherfucker who doesn't have it in him. We should anyway, probably we should probably get back to the printing. Yes, the printing. He's gonna try to. <laughs> he said, he, we would like to thank our sponsors and then spend five minutes belittling them. Yeah. Well, he's gonna he's gonna fucking worm his way under the show because he has a wrestling <laughs> event coming up in May, sure. and we're probably gonna have him on here to promote out. it. So, ugh. anyway, if you need good quality merch for your um. I don't know if you're going to go over to Russia or the Ukraine or Ukraine wow. and murder Russians. You need a T-shirt that says something like <laughs> Slava Ukraini. You could go to www.xlvacx.com and they will print you that shirt that has your slogan for murdering imperialist oh. fucking scums on it. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I know. Seriously, <laughs> Justin's just pushing it. Uh, At I, least I'm not threatening American politicians this time. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, look, here's the thing. We make fun oh, of man, Chris. We make fun of Chris, but look, the, they do great work there. That's all you need to know. It's great work at a great price, and as long as Chris doesn't get drunk and spill his booze all over your shirts, 
I think we're, I think you're going to have a great experience. <laughs> Which there. you probably won't do. Pro- almost certainly will not do. Uh, hey, we also want to thank Essex Coffee Roasters. Uh, you guys know Aaron Dahlbeck. You know him. You love him. From Bain, from Be Well, from Converge. I think he played some 10-yard fight shows. Uh, and he's just a great guy. He has a coffee company. They're called Essex Coffee Roasters. They offer high-quality beans. They roast to order. Uh, they offer tea as well as merch. And when you go there to order your uh, amazing coffee, your quality tea, your shirt that says need more coffee, uh, you're going to enter in Cinepunks at checkout and get 10% off. That's C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X at checkout to get 10% off. Look, support Aaron. I want him to just be able to take this business and grow it and open a, a shop and a roastery and just have this be his life. And he's going to be able to do that if you go buy some coffee right now. I have some of the beans, too. His coffee's very good. It's very anyway, good, yes. Like... Plus, we got that freaking 10% off. You can't, you know, you can't fuck with yeah. that. Come on. Yeah. Who doesn't like 10% off? I don't know. All right. Now has come the time in the podcast when we talk about movies. The three of us, <laughs> we pull up in our our fucking our uh you know our nineteen fifty seven Plymouth Fury, and we find a mentally challenged man in the woods. Oh no! And we stab him to death and push him down does. a fucking mine, as one is prone to do. And then years later, we ascend to power, and one of us becomes Kane Hodder. And, <laughs> and then said boy in the mind returns from the dead as a mummified demon thing and murders us. And before that, I turn, usually I would turn to Liam and say, Liam, what are you doing involving her recently? But because yeah. Chris is our guest, I say to you before Pumpkinhead kills all of us, I say, Chris, what, if anything, have you done involving her recently? Uh, besides my general existence, which is about as horrifying as it gets, um, I've actually been, and I know you'll, you in particular will appreciate this, uh, I didn't get in on the train while it was actively on, but I have now been going back and watching Supernatural. Oh, yes. I know, I know you're a fan. I I never watched it for the what, like 15 years or whatever that Dude, was on. It just wasn't oh, a man. thing. I not a lot of like current TV in my life usually, and for whatever reason, I just never gave it a a shot or whatever. But what se- what what season are you on? I just started the fourth, I think. Okay, yeah, because so when it starts getting th- weird and biblical and shit. Yeah, that's when. Uh... I don't know how to feel about that, but you know, I'm letting. Oh it no, play trust out me, see where they... it goes. They they get like um they quite Sorry, literally Liam. get Lovecraftian like later on okay like it it gets uh I mean like Cthulhu doesn't show up but it gets like very right. it gets very like outside the box when it comes okay. to like biblical mythos but that's fucking cool as shit yeah I got I got to that point and I was like oh no is this where we're going with this and like and then I was like well it lasted another like ten eleven seasons after that so it couldn't be too terrible right so you know we're, we're mean, letting it play out and see where it goes. And I'll, I'll give it credit. It definitely takes the stance of a. It takes a very loose interpretation of like, the Bible in the sense that like right. yes, there's a God and yes, there's a devil and then everything else is like, eh, you know, right. Which I could appreciate. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and anything else or just just supernatural? So that's the only like active thing. Other than you know just watching whatever here and there. Most of my. Uh... 
uh, viewing stuff right now is like wrestling related. So that's Tight. a whole other thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Cause I, you know, what did my, my problem there is that I go away on tour for a month or two and then I come back and I have to catch up on everything I missed. And you know, that's that, that takes some time sometimes. I heard that. Yeah. How, uh, how about you, Liam? What, what have you been doing recently? Well, I, uh, I rewatched, um, the full car documentary, partly inspired by our episode on full car and partly because I started a new column called out of the box. Uh, I have a whole bunch of box sets that I was hoping to write about, but it turns out watching a full box set and then writing about the entire box set. (laughs) That's not possible for my ADHD brain. I will not make it through the fucking box set. So instead I'm just taking a movie from each set and writing about that one movie and then moving on. So this is the first movie in the full horror box set. So I busted it out. And unlike a lot of horror stuff, this is something that I felt like I could watch with Susan, my wife, and that she would appreciate. And because she's into like, you know, cultural studies and sociology and stuff, she found it interesting, even though she doesn't give a shit about horror movies. You know, the conversation is much broader than that about, you know, uh, uh, folk stories and traditions and the you know the political stuff that was kind of influencing folk art at the time and music and th- there's a lot of stuff going on in the documentary so rewatched it it's still really good again i get the idea like the thing to keep in mind is this was originally planned as a 20 minute special feature on the blood on satan's claw right like that like we're going to talk to some experts about british folk car and put it on blood on satan's claw and it has become a three hour documentary. So the fact that like the first hour is all about British stuff, it's like, well, because for a lot of people, folk horror begins and ends with the unholy Trinity, right? The wicker man, blood on Satan's claw and uh Witchfinder general. That's like the, the three things that people, and then going from there to like all those weird British TV shows and stuff, but that, you know, that's not the whole story you have obviously from all over the world, various uh, folk horror movies. And we, you know, uh, one of which we covered on an episode of Harvest. So like, I get why some people maybe felt like the movie wasn't as diverse as it could be, but for my taste, I feel like they did a really fucking good job. Like, honestly, like, I just think it's really good. So, uh, uh, watch that. I also started a series on Netflix called voyeur. Have you guys heard about this? Mm -hmm. I think I've heard of it. I haven't, I, I, I certainly haven't watched it, but I'm that it's ringing a bell. So, um, I have, a internet friend who's a critic named Drew McWeeny. Uh, he used to write for Ain't It Cool, uh, and then he left because, you know, Ain't It Cool sucks. And now he kind of <laughs> does his own thing. And he was like one of a bunch of critics featured on this thing. I think he's actually the one white guy. I think that everyone else is like a uh, 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 more diverse cast of critics. But uh, I knew that he had an episode on this thing. Now, I thought it was going to be more straight criticism, and maybe his episode will be. But so far, the show is short video essays about either a kind of movie or a movie that matters. So the reason I bring it up for our horror podcast is the first episode is about Jaws. It's just a meditation on the summer of the shark and this <laughs> this woman talking about how influential it was for her growing up and how she would escape to the movie from from an, uh, a very abusive home and you know how it sort of created this appetite for blockbusters but how the blockbusters of later years did not rep- did not uh reflect the sort of uh 
thoughtfulness of Jaws and all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's very, very good and very emotional. Like I, I, you know, I didn't think I would get emotional about someone just talking about Jaws for 20 <laughs> minutes, but like by the end of it, I was like, yeah, it's really good. That's a good point. <laughs> you know, like it's just, it's, it's just really beautifully done. The, the, and each is done in a different style. So that one, it uses footage from Jaws, but it also films a bunch of original stuff footage to kind of coincide with her, uh, essay you know it, 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 it whatever the next one is about revenge films and it only uses images from the movies and it just cuts to different parts from the movies that kind of illustrate what he's talking about and that one is really good too because it focuses on how sympathy for lady vengeance kind of fucks with you if you really love revenge movies which like yeah yeah fair I'll, although i would say you know uh, it's it's more sympathetic than sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, which is really like fuck you. Um, anyways, uh, it's really good so far. I I'm only halfway through the series, but I wanted to bring it up a because like I said, the, the this whole essay on Jaws. I think you could take Jaws, the way that she's talking about Jaws, and apply it to a lot of our experiences with horror and how a, why a lot of us fall in love with horror in, in a real way. And I think she talks about that a little bit. Um, but I think, you know, I wanted to make that explicit for people. And also just to say that the show, at least so far, is really interesting. And some of the revenge film episode applies to, like, horror movies. Because some of those movies are more horror than not. You know, like, I Saw the Devil is, like, a revenge movie. But it's also, like, a horror movie. You know what I mean? So, um, anyways, uh, other than that, oh, I also finally finished the, speaking of Witchfinders, I finally finished the Sir Edward Grey Witchfinder collection. Um, and I, I love that. Nola stuff? Yeah, yeah. I found a at my local library there was a hard cover that collected I don't know if it was all the stuff, but it was all the stuff up to that point when it came out. Uh and I had not read all of it. So I like that character a lot. I like how hard Sir Edward Gray is. Like, if people don't know, um Sir Edward Gray is one of these like um side characters from the Hellboy comics. And he often has interacted with Hellboy as like more of a spirit than as like a live character, but the comics go back to when he was working for the queen as like a monster hunter. And to give an idea of how fucking hard his nails are, Gray is I'm reading this comic and um, he's chasing this monster and he comes upon a, 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 a group that was still active. I think for some of the Hellboy stuff, if you read Hellboy, the Heliopic brotherhood, you know? Yes. And yes. so, and so the Heliopic brotherhood, for Sir Robert Gray, it's like at the beginning when they're still like in power. And so he, they like stop him and they're like, we're capturing this creature and uh, it gets all smoky. And then when the, when the smoke clears, they're all dead and the creature's just there and him and the creature look at each other and the creature runs away. And then his companions catch up with him and they're like, Oh my God, are you okay? He's like, yeah, you know uh, they tried to get the creature, you know, whatever. And then he, he looks around, he's like, it's no big deal. You know, it, it was no big loss. And the ground is littered with the bodies of these motherfuckers. Like literally the line, it's no, it's no big loss is over a scene of blood and gore of all these dead Heliopter. Who, who, because who the artwork for that, um, Mignola does some of it, but I think a lot of it is, um, maybe John Arcudi. Okay. I don't, I don't know if John Arcudi is an artist or a writer though. I don't know. It's, it's not Mignola. He, he does like, one of the stories and the rest is other artists. Who's the guy who did the art for a lot of BPRD? Was it Guy Davis? I think is it name might is? be Guy Davis who does this one too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, because his his art is a. Uh, speaking of like moments 
in like Magnolia in the Magnolia verse that I I think are like perfectly timed is when like yeah um the one story with like Johann Krauss yeah when he goes after like the 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 the, the ghost that eats other ghosts and it's like making fun of him because it's or no it's a monster that eats ghosts and it's like making fun of him because it's like you can't do anything because like you're just as insubstantial as the rest and you can't kill me because like you need to have hands to kill me and that's why he gets the fucking suit made. So he yeah. can go after this thing and fucking kill it. It's so, and it just ends with him standing outside the the fucking the thing's house with this dagger, like Max von Sydnow in The Exorcist. It's so awesome. <laughs> uh, that's it for me. How about you, Justin? Um, I started watching a show on Epics called From. Um, I've described it as if the song November first by the Swarm Swarm were made into a TV series. That's what it is. It's like. It all matters. It all comes down to what side of the door you're on when the sun goes down. Hmm. Like, that's what this show is about. Um, it's pretty good. Uh, it's got the guy from Lost, and um, he was also in the Boz Lerman, Romeo and Juliet. He played Mercutio. He's fucking awesome. I can't think of his name now. Or even what else. Anyway, it's a great show. It's on Epics. They're like six episodes in. Um, I watched the movie called Take Back the Night on Voodoo. Uh, it played at, uh, was it Nightstream or Brooklyn Hall? It, it, some, some online film fest. I didn't catch it then. Um, it's great. It's all about like sexual assault and the trauma surrounding that. Not, not that that's great, but like. Yeah, it, it's great. It's about sexual assault. Okay, man. Yeah. What? <laughs> it, it deals with that. Um. And then this isn't horror per se, but uh, I started watching, and I'm just about done actually. I think I have like two episodes left of Attack on Titan on uh, Hulu. Um, it's it's pretty fucked up. Like I don't watch any anime at all ever. Uh, so this is it's like a whole new thing for me. Um, and it starts out as like typical like uh I I guess typical anime fair. But then it gets like weird into like not just like nationalism and like, you know, militar militarization, but also it deals with like um like racism and uh I guess Zionism, which is like, you know, kind of like a like a weird quagmire that it, it it's hard it's hard to deal with and hard to uh hard to examine. And uh, and and bring in the pop culture, but I th I th I think it's the seeds, and it's uh, it's terrifying at times. You know, obviously, if you've seen the trailers or know what it's about, it's like some there's so many scenes of like people getting just like brutally eaten alive, and it's like some of the voice actors. It's like did they actually like did they kill someone in the studio and like recorded as they were like fucking pulling this guy to pieces? Like, um, it's pretty fucking violent. Like I, my niece watched like an episode or two. And she was telling me about it. And I was like, I'm going to have to have a talk with your mom about this because this is, this is not, you know. And then, of course, like, the la the next time I'm at my parents' house, I'm like, let's watch Attack on Titan. Um, but other than that, I haven't really, uh, I haven't, that, that, that's, that's it, really. Mm. I mean, I do think Attack on Titan is pretty horrifying when, I mean, sometimes it's the sort of histrionic thing that, like, a lot of anime is where it's just people being very upset at each other. But when those when those fucking things come, they're 
They're that's nightmare fuel. They're fucking no, upsetting, they're, dude. It's like I think it's like the literally <clears throat> the very first episode. Do you guys remember in like in like Ren and Stimpy when like Ren would like go to the dentist and he, the dentist would be like, "All right, open wide," and then it would be like this like weird painting of Ren's teeth just all like fucked up, like. They do that in Attack on Titan, where there'll be certain scenes where it's like, I don't know if it's like meant to be like cost-saving, but like there's a scene in the first episode when um a character goes to fight one of these things, and the character's like running up and it's a close-up of the character's face, and it's like an inner monologue of like, I'm gonna kill this, I'm gonna save the day, and the guy just stops. And then the camera, you're looking over the guy's shoulder, and the camera tilts up at this fucking at this monster, this like, and like, if you haven't seen, if you're not familiar with the imagery of the show, it relies very heavily on the concept of the uncanny Valley when it comes to dealing with the Titans. Like all the Titans are like largely humanoid, except there's always like just something that's like not quite a hundred percent human. And it's like, sometimes it's very subtle. Other times it's like, um, if they show that for like another second, I'm going to have to turn this off cause it's fucking, it's making my skin crawl. But, um, yeah, it's definitely like, it, it, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely got more than a touch of horror to it, especially like in the later seasons when they start to explore, like it gets like kind of Lovecraftian with the, uh, the source of where the Titans come from, which is pretty cool. So yeah, I've got two episodes of that left, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm ready to fucking uh, reclaim the motherland. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we should take a break then before we jump into these, like, classics of horror cinema. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, 1988's sequel, some would say superior film to the original, which I would agree with, uh, the Charles Band masterpiece, the Royal Dano vehicle. Let's just call it that. Oh, also, I forgot that Phil Fondacaro was in this. So, yeah, the Royal Dano, Phil Fondacaro, feel-good romp of the holiday season that you didn't know you needed, 1988's Ghoulies 2. We'll be right back. The carnival's back in town with all your old favorites. The Ferris wheel, the roundup, the octopus, beautiful girls, the spook house, bumper cars, and a special added attraction. It's got ghoulies too. Ghoulies 2. Ghoulies 2. 
And we are back to talk about Ghoulies 2, which obviously is a, um, it's a sequel to Ghoulies. But wisely, they chose not to have it have anything to do with Ghoulies aside from, I, I think, like... Aside from the Ghoulies. Yeah, which... <laughs> hey, I guess that's all you need. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to... We kind of talked about this off mic before we recorded, but, like, would it be, like, reasonable to say that, like, most people, when they think, oh, yeah, no, I've seen Ghoulies, they're th- they're talking about Ghoulies too. Yeah. Like you know most, why? Like, I, mean, well, I mean, that's was my thing is that I had only seen Ghoulies too, and you know, not and not even like I remembered it. Like rewatching it, there were definitely parts of it I was like, oh, I don't remember this. You know, like it's it's not like I saw it a ton, but when when I watched Ghoulies again, you know, or not again because I'd never seen it with Chris, I was just like. What the fuck is going on? The ghoulies don't do anything. <laughs> um, and 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 I think people kind of assume that this movie is the story because it makes so much more fucking sense than that first one. Right. It really feels like the, it was like someone watched the first one and was like, okay, I have notes. Note <laughs> one, perhaps the ghoulies should like do something. Right. I, I yeah, don't know. I feel the first one is just kind of like, you know, typical teens go to spooky house and do goofy satanic shit and then the ghoulies are just kind of just there hanging out watching everything and looking silly but not actually doing anything do you think it was yeah, a sh- I mean, it's, it- go ahead justin no no what were, what, what were you gonna say liam i was gonna say do you think it was a shock to the original audiences the first time the ghoulies actually killed someone in this movie like people were like oh shit ghoulies are like it's, oh, they're, they're actually oh, going to oh, do okay. something this time. We're 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 off to the. Ra- I, if anything, I would. I mean, I don't remember exactly, but I'm sure back in the you know late '80s when first saw both of them, I probably watched this one. And was like, oh, cool, they're actually doing stuff now. You I know? mean, I'll say the scene where they uh, take that girl. That's like their first like sort of big kill, right? The, the way kill, that right. they're filmed, it's like the it's like. It's like the ghoulies meet a giallo or so. This is like, uh, 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 it's like the, the, <laughs> the ghoulies are now the New York Ripper or something. Like, right. You're getting like the point of view. Waiting <laughs> yeah, for the it's it's or so <laughs> seedy. And they're like, yeah, we're really going to get this girl. It's like, we're, I, I'm almost grateful that scene that the ghoulies don't actually talk. Cause I feel like whatever, whatever they're yeah, saying yeah, to each other it, is, it. is like fucking dirty. It's gross. Like, they're just like, yeah, we're going to fuck right. someone up. And it's like, you almost get this feeling of like, they're thinking like, can't believe we did a whole movie. We didn't fuck anyone up. Well, guess what? Right. They're like, oh, yeah, we'll show you. Yeah. I feel like you kind of have to. I mean, what even would you do at that point? Just make another movie where people do something stupid and they're just sitting around looking like doing nothing, looking like little <laughs> puppets, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's weird that this movie is like, it's weird that this movie is a sequel because the plot of this movie feels so natural for what the ghoulies should like be. Like it should have been the plot to an original. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like this doesn't, you're, sure. you're like, it's almost like how fucking, how badly did they miss the mark with the first one where they didn't come right. up with like, like, I don't know. Like it's just, the first one is such a, I've seen it, but you put a gun to my head. I couldn't tell you what happens in it. Mm-hmm. Like I know a racer head is right. in it and there's like a mansion, <laughs> yeah. but it's like, it's so like nerdy and dumb and fucking stupid that this one yeah. is so much more like I like let me be clear this is not a good movie 
this is not. Oh, it's not going to win a fucking Academy Award anytime soon. But yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, because it's at least like it has like um, it has a plot that makes sense and keeps you engaged. Like it's ridiculous, but I mean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's, it's it's ridiculous, but it's like okay, there's like a carnival that's going under, and there is a haunted house, and there are ghoulies in it. Okay, that's all you need. Like it's so right. simple that it's like right. how how did they not? And it's made by the same people too. It's made by fucking Full Moon Charles Band and his fucking weird nonsense. Charles Band. Um, yeah. That I, yeah. I just I, I just can't get over that they just like this was like this was their sequel material. Like this is where they were like, oh no, we could take the ghoulies from the mansion to the fucking uh, carnival. It's like, well, they should have been in the carnival to begin with. I do like that before the credits, I, um, when Royal Dano and the, and the young kid, I forget his name, probably not important. Nobody really cares too much about this movie. Um, <laughs> but when they're riding in the truck and they start talking about the magic moon, they go into this whole thing where I feel like they just tried to shoehorn the phrase full moon Yes. Into the the like the script the script at least three times in the five minute pre. Yeah, there's about how it can't get any fuller. It's like, all right, Charles Band, get it's the a fuck full out moon, of here. the big full moon. Yeah. Hey, the full moon is magic moon. It's a full moon. Also, by the way, it's a full moon. And I'm just like, all right, we get it. And I don't think actually worthy. Yeah, I think this is actually this is Empire. This is a uh, an Empire release. Right, right, right. It was Charles Band, but it was like pre actual full moon. So I think maybe he did that. It was just like get that phrase stuck in your head and now I'm going to name I mean this is a big this is a big claim to make but if you are thinking of Charles Band movies that are actually kind of good they're almost always empire releases There's a couple Right yeah though, though to be though, though to be fair there are a lot of bad empire releases too it's just most of the ones that are good it's when they were empire and then the ones that you associate with Charles Band and making cool horror movies. I think like, the switch yes, to true. Full Moon it represented some falling out with investors or something went horribly wrong, and Makes that's sense. why he started Full Moon, uh, which was still he was in control. But I think Empire he wasn't solely in control. I think it was like a few people. Right. Uh, but I mean, don't be wrong. Like, there's a lot of trash on Empire too. But whenever you look up the the sure. biggest movies associated with Charles Band. They're now listed as Full Moon because he still owns the rights, but they all came out right, as Empire. Right, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Originally, were Empire. There was, a, yeah. there, was a do- yeah, there was a documentary that came out a few years ago on that, wasn't there? Like the history of Empire. Oh, it never finished. That guy took all his uh, Kickstarter money and ran, and the movie never came out. Holy no. shit! Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> Cin- Cinema Wizards in the VHS West- Wasteland or some shit like that. They played. You were, I think, you were at the Harathon, Justin, yes. where they played the trailer for that shit. Yep. And then he did a day where it was like Empire Day, uh, with Exhumed, and they showed like six Empire movies, and they showed twenty minutes of his movie. And I was like, "Well, this seems pretty cool. I don't know if it's going to be great, but I- I'll watch it when it comes out." Shit never came out. Just, just. And then, then he had yeah, any basically, help after yeah. everybody. <laughs> yeah. Put money and disappeared. Okay. Interesting. Um, so may okay. <laughs> Think about this movie I want to <laughs> touch upon real quick. Um, obviously it features sure. a famed little person actor, uh, Phil Fondacaro, who was also in Willow. He was in um he was in Willow. Let's just that's he was in Willow, he was in this. Um, I completely forgot that at the end, 
when the big ghoulie come, they summon the big ghoulie to eat the little ghoulies. Right. It eats all the little ghoulies and then goes after him. And I was like, I was like watching yeah. this and I was like, I'm not like, I'm not like, uh, it didn't set me off. I wasn't quote unquote triggered, but I was watching it and I was like, is that, a, <laughs> is that appropriate? Is that like, that's not, it's not cool that this, they're, 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 they're kind of, um, they're kind of being like, oh no, this little person can easily be mistaken for a, um, a ghoulie. I just, that just, uh, that, I don't know, that made me feel kind of weird. Yeah, that it's a little, uh. Also I mean, there's little, there's little a few jokes about him. related to his size, and at first, it's oh, I mean, it was yeah. 1987 or something. Well, right? it's, like, it I walks mean... a line. At first, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's fine," you know. I mean, it, if you were working, if you were working in good friends with a with a person who was uh, uh who was uh in that situation, you would definitely like you know talk to them about it, and maybe he would prank the new boss and put him in his a trailer with all the small furniture, but then it just goes on and on. And then somewhere <laughs> the next, you know, the, the, the next time they make a joke about it, I'm just like, okay, all right. I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. 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 It just, it just seems like they're, they right. like were running out of sources of humor. They're like, I don't know. Uh, the, 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 the main Wait, character thinks the joke. boss is fucking the girl. I guess that's funny. Uh, that's all We've we got. We've already made fun of alcoholism with Royal Dano again. Un, just nonstop on that one. Poor. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I kind of like Royal Dano in this, but it is it is at a point where he's yeah. just like, you know, oh, my God, I'm hallucinating. And I'm like, oh, gosh. How he much of the movie? He says he's, his last words are, the DTs. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I shouldn't find that funny, but it uh. is. I mean, okay, is this a case where because the original is just not enjoyable, I don't think. I don't I don't know anyone who loves that first movie. Am I just like more forgiving of this movie because it it just delivers on the things that the because this is still a pretty bad movie, but I don't have I'm not mad at this movie. I'm not annoyed by it being bad. Sure. I'm just like Oh yeah, it's not great, but it is what it is. And and I kind of love I I love the you guys know this the the 80s thing where it's like um we're going to critique bosses without crit criticizing capitalism, you know, like everyone loves it when mm -hmm. when there's a boss they can hate. It's like, ah, this new boss. No, that guy's an asshole. Yeah, he's, he's such an asshole. He's going to ruin the yeah. carnival. And it, like that's like that's such a theme in so many 80s movies, but I also find it really satisfying. Yeah. Like this whole movie I'm like, yeah, that dude does suck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's just there's just something about this movie that I, that I find satisfying, even as there are multiple moments where I'm like, I mean, just the idea too that like, uh, all these people watch the Ghoulies kidnap these two quote unquote metalheads. I guess they're supposed to be or just uh, ne'er do wells, right? My two, <laughs> and and they're basically <laughs> torturing these guys, and yeah. they're just like, that's eh, part of the show, and I'm like. Is that is that is that what would happen? I right. don't know. I mean, that's yeah. For for as like low budget like backwoods of a carnival that is, do you would you really buy that they have that good of <laughs> yeah, a yeah, 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 yeah. team? You know, like <laughs> also with those with the ne'er do wells. My favorite part about when we're interested in ne'er do wells, right, is uh they have a yeah. friend with a tassel vest. As soon as you see a friend with yeah. a tassel vest, you're like, well, that guy's gonna die. That's the that's that's the one they don't like. Right. He's got yeah, tassels yeah. on his vest. Not just any guy, 
That dude was also in the 1990 version of Night of the Living Dead. Oh, he was? Uh, he plays um, Judy Rose's boyfriend, like the like the guy. Yes. Tom! Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's crazy. I totally missed that. This was his. This was this was an earl, one of his earlier works. This was when he was. This was when he was cutting his teeth in the in the in the CD underground ah. of, of Empire Pictures or whatever. Yeah. Look how far he's come or something. I guess. So, uh, well, yeah. What were so, you gonna tell um, us? I was gonna say. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say, and you brought it up a couple times now. You were like, where where people associate Ghoulies with things that are actually from Ghoulies too, and how this is like an objectively better movie and just, you know, whatever. The the thing about that is the or the poster, the VHS cover, now the DVD cover, everything of Ghoulies has the infamous uh, toilet, the ghoulie coming out of the toilet, right? That is not in the, the movie at all, in Ghoulies. That's no, just it's not, not a thing. And everybody, so everybody always, it's a very like famous image for people that are into horror and whatever, you know, ghoulies, you immediately think, oh yeah, the, the, the toilet gag wasn't in ghoulies. They, that didn't happen until ghoulies too. And I think like, I don't know at what point was it supposed to be in the first one and they just didn't get cut or they just never did it. They just thought it looked cool for the poster, but there is no toilet scene in ghoulies and there is one in part two, I think, at that point. Maybe they were like, oh, yeah, people associate, you know, ghoulies with the, the, the toilet gimmick. Let's uh, throw that in this one. Also, it's worth pointing out that the ghoulie in the poster emerging, emerging from the toilet looks like it's going to an oi show. Like, yeah. it looks like it's wearing suspenders. Oh, oh <laughs> I, have a, I, have a, I have a shirt. I have a shirt from the band Long Knife that is just... The 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 ghoulie coming out of the toilet with the other ghoulies around it, and they're all dressed like punks and skins, based you know obviously inspired by his suspenders look, and uh, and I the right. first time I saw it I was like That's oh incredible. fucking sick you know now he, this this band Long Knife yes if you were to see them at night what would that show be called night night of the oh fuck, you. Fuck you Oh, you son of a bitch! You Cricket. son of a bitch! Fuck you, Liam. I was looking. I was looking for a pun, <laughs> and it wasn't a pun. So no, I bad. went straight for. I went straight for the um, you know, radical fascism takeover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I understand. <laughs> um, anyways, point being this: Why is he wearing suspenders? The the ghoulies don't wear clothes, right? Pants, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he he really does look like he just got back from the Cox Bar show or the Sham sixty nine show. Yeah, right. Um. Yeah. I mean, there's not a ton to say about this other than I think that the Ghoulie design for the time isn't bad at all. You know, I think I think they run out of ideas of what to do with these fucking things. Like, at a certain point, you can only get so creative with these little puppets i guess you know uh but there's some creators that like w again in that scene the the very seedy first kill scene the shot of the legs to be like he's walking up on her with the razor you know <laughs> yeah. it's not super well executed but at least shows a little bit of creativity um and i guess the idea of like we're gonna use magic and there's gonna be a bigger ghoulie is like 
that's kind of fun too. But this is, I don't know how, if you guys feel this, but this to me is like the prototypical basic cable late night movie. Like Absolutely. it just <laughs> Absolutely. is, this exists so that, you know, TNT and USA could be, uh, you know, on at two in the morning, you know, like, yeah, I feel like this was like tip good, like yeah. HBO fodder. And then like, yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. and that's fine. It's just like, it's not something where <clears throat> I don't think anyone has a deep love for this movie unless they saw it when they were like a child, you know, and I mean, I, then I could see I like did, imprinting but... on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And for, for me, I remember seeing it, but I was convinced it was Ghoulies. Like, I really thought. Like I, said, I think that's like the Mandela effect shit thing with the toilet. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Everybody well, just assumes that the toilet scenes in Ghoulies because it's on the poster and the VHS cover and everything. But that didn't actually happen. until. People. I mean, that's some real Charles Band marketing, though, right? To be like, everyone likes the <laughs> toilet from the second movie. So put it on the thing for the first movie. It'll do yeah, better. I mean, I mean, so, like. That obviously didn't happen until after the fact, right? Like, yeah, I mean, like it was on the poster for the first movie, but just there was no toilet scene in the first movie. So, are we saying that they added the toilet in the second movie because people liked the poster that's so what I'm much? Thinking. I'm like, oh, that, that, uh, that's the thing that people, yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of scene, sense, but that wasn't in that actually wasn't in the movie. Let's put it in the movie this time. Fuck. And it's just kind of just like a little, little thing. Go, oh yeah, there it is. But now people remember it. Yeah, the the ghoulie in the toilet. But that's actually not, you know, didn't happen until the sequel. Uh, fucking love that. Yeah. All right. Any anything else uh, memorable about this movie? Anything, Justin? Was there any point in this movie that actually made you uncomfortable? <laughs> you mean aside from them making constant little person jokes? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, uncomfortable in a scary movie way, not in a the eighties kind of sucked way. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. Um, it was kind of weird how they made the, like the ghoulies the bad guys throughout the movie, but then when like the big ghoulie is eating them, they like it's like like especially <laughs> when he eats the cat ghoulie. Right. Exactly, they're like the like the the cat ghoulie is like meowing p- pitifully, and you're like, right? No. You almost feel bad. Like these things have been murdering people for two hours, and now the big thing comes in eating them, and you're like, no, don't eat the cat ghoulie. <laughs> don't eat the ghoulies. Yeah, like right. It's fucked up. Um, no, this movie didn't come. Not okay. I'm gonna be honest. Neither of these movies came close to scaring me. Um, <laughs> by no means. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna. Like, okay, when I wake up at three in the morning tonight and I debate pissing the bed so I don't have to go out into the dark hallway, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be thinking of the ghoulies. <laughs> um, but it is. It is still kind of entertaining to me, though. Like it's as much as it's. Last. Yeah, it's not scary. It kind of fails if that's what you want from a horror movie. <laughs> right. But if you just want like a dumb fun movie, fun. yeah, yeah. I think in the in the uh, post Gremlins world of every studio trying to make little monsters in a horror movie be a thing, where they gave us like you know critters and munchies and everything else. Like I would say, Ghoulies Two is probably the best of all those movies. Whoa, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Critters is better. Maybe. Ah, uh, I really like Critters. I think yeah. Critters is. I think Critters is better only because it has that power of the night song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but see, Ghoulies Two has Wasp on the soundtrack, and oh, yeah. the tunes. His side tunes. note: Wasp made a video for that song that had Ghoulies in it, just Fuck. fucking raging with them while they play the song, and it's fucking great. If you haven't seen it, go look it up on YouTube. Now, to be fair. 
Critters 2 has the thing pretending to be a critter, the alien hunter pretending to be a critter. Right, so that was right, pretty right. cool. And then the big critter ball. Yeah, I, I also feel like not that Ghoulies 2 is like serious per se. I think Critters loses point for me just for the fact that it leans a little too hard into being silly and dumb and having dumb jokes and whatnot. You know what I mean? Not yeah, not that Ghoulies yeah. not that Ghoulies doesn't have things that like happens where you laugh at like, oh haha, look this you know. It's still kind of played straight and I appreciate that a little bit more. Hmm. I can see that. I can see that. Okay. Well, I I'll tell you what, this sequel to me <laughs> is much more successful than the next sequel we're about to discuss. Before, before you run an act, can I just give you my very, one of my favorite lines? Ever yeah, please do. In, please uh, do. Two, that I just think is a really... Uh, there's a line where he says, an evil drug, caffeine, it wakes you up. <laughs> and I just really appreciate that, because yes. he wants to fucking be awake. Fuck you, exactly. coffee. As I yeah. sit from my Halloween 3 mug right now. Carry yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, a sequel that <laughs> definitely does not fucking succeed in <laughs> overpowering the original. Um, the 1994 direct-to-video <laughs> sequel to the 1988 horror film Pumpkinhead, Pumpkinhead 2, Bloodwings, which sounds like slang for, never mind, we'll be right back. <laughs> Bolted doors and windows barred. Guard dogs prowling in the yard. Won't protect you in your bed. Nothing will. From Pumpkinhead. Him, Danny. He's here! And we are back to talk about 1994's direct-to-video sequel, Pumpkinhead 2 Bloodwings. Um, Can I tell you I actually have a, a memory of this movie? Oh. I have one, too. Uh, well, as someone who doesn't, has never really cared about Pumpkinhead, uh, I, before I saw Pumpkinhead, I was at the video store with someone, and we were walking through the store uh, with a friend of mine, and we were trying to pick out a horror movie to watch. And I remember seeing this and jokingly saying, we well, get Pumpkinhead 2, Bloodwings. And the person, not realizing I was kidding, was like, he doesn't even have wings. And just kept <laughs> walking. And I remember like thinking that was funny. And then watching it, that occurred to me because I'm like, it really doesn't have wings. Like, what the right. fuck? Like, why doesn't he have wigs? And it's like... Know, a weird thing to call the movie in that yeah, aspect. Yeah. I thought I mean, he was going to grow get, some I fucking wigs. they do, like, when, you know, the, the blood flares because of the red wig jackets and all that. But, like, it, yeah, on the surface, just looking at it, go, you're like, but he doesn't have wigs. Did <laughs> I go ahead and say reasonable critique? Yeah. yeah there you yeah. go. Well, that's, I mean, I'm it, sure... If there's one thing I took from Pumpkinhead 2, it's that. <laughs> he doesn't have wings. <laughs> he does not have fucking wings. I mean, you know, a lot of sequels are about upping the 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 stakes, right? A pumpkin head with sure. wings really fucking ups the stakes. That I would mean, be that would be very terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scary yeah. enough as it is, that motherfucker's flying around too. He just comes snatch you out of the uh, air. Ooh, uh, forget uh. it. So Liam, 
you have this irrational, yeah. incorrect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some would say, uh, I believe the scholar- scholarly term is bullshitted opinion about Pumpkinhead. <laughs> that you don't like Pumpkinhead. I don't like Pumpkinhead. You don't like Pumpkinhead. Yeah. You don't like. You don't I'm like sure this. You ring. don't like Stan Winston in the director's chair. You don't like Stan Winston. Did you? How happy were you when you heard of Stan Winston dying? <laughs> Why you gotta be like we this? We got there. What's got wrong there. with you? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? You don't like Pumpkinhead. Look, here's the deal. I just think Pumpkinhead is kind of boring. Like it's it's not a terrible movie, and I will agree that the creature looks pretty cool. But yeah. I I don't think you can base a whole movie around just creature effects, uh, and especially not these ones, which though they look cool. You know, they're a little clumsy. It's not compelling to me. Um, I, I do like uh, 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 Hendrickson in it. You know, like, I think he's cool. But a lot of the movie just doesn't really go anywhere. And I, and I don't feel anything about it. Now, that's all pretty negative. Mm-hmm. I think part of my negative response is that Pumpkinhead is considered a classic. Not by everybody, but by a lot of people I know. Reasonably, and so, yeah. And so I expected to watch it and be like, maybe not blown away, but like, you know, impressed. And so like, if the question becomes, well, you don't like Pumpkinhead, is it at least better than Pumpkinhead 2? Obviously, Pumpkinhead 2 sucks. Like, this is a poorly executed, poorly thought out movie that seems pretty clear to be a cheap cash in. However, I kind of knew that going in. So I feel like I'm harder on Pumpkinhead because I expected it to be Again, not like a fucking, you know, world ending movie, but to be a little more compelling than what it is. And and I get it. Like, this is probably because I didn't see Pumpkinhead until I was much older. Um, I mean, not like recent recently, but, you know, I'm old enough that like, I, I, you know, I was an adult when I saw it, which was too old to see Pumpkinhead and really care about it. There. That breaks my heart. Look, <laughs> I look, I that love that you so I love that you love Pumpkinhead. But I just don't, and that's just how it is. Um, yeah, I'm gonna keep making memes about it. You know, I, I, like, <laughs> I, I like I like making memes about you know the various sins that Steven Spielberg has committed, and how much you love Pumpkinhead, and all those things. <laughs> um, so okay, let's fucking dive into this movie. I'm gonna say off the bat, Ghoulies Two is not a good movie, but Ghoulies Two is a fun movie to watch. Yeah. I don't think this movie was even fun to watch. I did not have a good time with this movie. <laughs> like, and what's weird about this is like, there's, there's like a lot of, uh, there's like a lot of people, this, this, this cast is, this is, there's some like semi like heavyweights in here. Like what Andrew Robinson, who was, uh, you know, the guy from Hellraiser, he was the fucking bad guy in a dirty Harry movie as well. <laughs> um, the fucking idiot from Return of the Living Dead 3. Right. Uh, Linnea Quigley is in this movie. Of course she is. Why wouldn't she be? <laughs> of course. Yeah. You, you gotta give it some sort of credit. You gotta have right? Linnea Quigley. He's if like, Linnea a- Quigley's in it. There's the boobies. There's the sex scene. Okay. It's like, it's like every fifth movie produced between 1980 and 2000 she was in. Yeah. Um, uh, Kane Hodder, he's in it too. Sure. And then... Roger Clinton is in this movie. <laughs> that, bl- like, 
I didn't even realize that was him. I literally only saw that before, like, I opened up, like, Wikipedia, and I was like, how the fuck did Roger Clinton end up in this movie? Like, <laughs> so, I've seen some defense of this movie in that, like, it's kind of in on the joke of how bad it is, and mm. it should be given is a it pass. Really, though? That's what I'm saying, is, like, Andrew Robinson is acting his fucking asshole off right. this entire movie. Like, that scene at the end when uh, the, you know, because like, Pumpkinhead can now be killed by guns. Who knew? Um, <laughs> when, like, an angry mob is, like, killing Pumpkinhead, mm -hmm. and he's, like, screaming at them to stop. It's like, dude, take, like, like, fucking not, like, take it down <laughs> several notches. You're fucking too much, man. You're, 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 like, you're given, like, 110% in your, in, like, a fucking, go, this should be in King Lear. Not in fucking Pumpkinhead too, like it's just it's it's, it's just, just and think, it makes them. I just think also the defense of like it knows how bad it is. Like cool, so you just wasted After everyone's bad, time. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Like you spent, you know, God knows how much making a movie just because it was bad. That just seems counterproductive. I don't know. I just like that. That excuse just doesn't fucking fly, and it just feels like. That feels like a Tommy Wiseau, like being like, oh no, right. I totally made the room to be, yeah, a fucking incomprehensible mess. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. This this movie just it lacks like it literally the only cool thing it has from the first one is the creature design, and they don't even do like a hundred percent job on that. Like you can he tell, wings. <laughs> there are no wings. <laughs> um, no, but it, like it just looks shitty, like. Like Stan Winston's pumpkin head looks fucking cool as hell. The pumpkin head in this movie, yeah, like you could see the latex, like yeah. that's like not cast right. It's like this movie is just a fucking unenjoyable well, oh, shit show oh, all the way around. Okay, let me say this. Well, I mean, obviously you're more upset because you really love pumpkin head, but I will say this about pumpkin head, right? I'm not convinced that the pumpkin head design is perfect in pumpkin head. I am convinced that it's filmed perfectly. Like, I think it moves too slow for what it's meant to do in the movie. But I think that they know we need to film this thing mostly in the dark with flashes of light. We need to focus on the hands and the face. And we need to, like, you know, avoid too many bright light full body shots. Don't expose whereas, your weakness here. Yeah. yeah. Whereas this movie's like, yeah, just put him in the light. It doesn't fucking no. matter. <laughs> just put Yeah, it's fine. Exactly. Just wide, wide shot of this motherfucker. It's fine. The what what you just said right there is why aliens takes place in the sure, dark. Sure, yes. It's why the thing takes place in the dark. Like mm -hmm. this movie, like not to toot my own horn, but I was rereading the piece I wrote on Dog Soldiers recently because nice. there was uh, I found out last week my boss had never seen it, and I was like, "Yo, you got to fucking see this movie." And one of the things that is appealing about Dog Soldiers is that they show the werewolves fully lit. In like a bright room, like, look at this. Look at these motherfuckers. Like, aren't they cool? This movie is arrogant beyond <laughs> uh, beyond reason when it comes to the creature's design. Like, it is not a design that is meant not okay. The design is fine. It is not a suit, a construction, an effect, if you will, that is meant to be seen in broad daylight, which it is for some reason. Right. Yeah, I Again, I it pains me to defend Pumpkinhead in any way, but I will say I know it does, which is why I'm yeah, enjoying you doing it. I know, but yeah. I will say, um, there's also the theme like Pumpkinhead 
as much as it doesn't go anywhere for my taste, makes sense. I get what's at stake and why things right. are happening. This right. movie is just like, okay, we need these shitty kids to be shitty. And right. and literally, by the way, casually burn a woman to death like it's NBD. Like, that's eh, yeah. fine. <laughs> and then we need to shift focus to their parents because it's the 90s they're, and we just want to blame their parents. Yeah, exactly. Right. And uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's not really clear to me that the mechanics of how Pumpkinhead works yeah, make any I sense in this movie. Problem with that. Yeah. yeah. Because the original, like you said, it was what it was. You know why you know why what is happening is happening. This one, it's, you know, Pumpkinhead is, you know, a local legend and he comes back and kills people and does whatever else. But then as it goes on, you find you come to find out that it's actually the disabled kid from yeah. the beginning that they killed coming back to exact revenge. I'm like, how is he a local legend that keeps coming back and doing stuff if he's only now 35 years after he was killed coming yeah. back to exact revenge? It's yeah. like, it's Where's insane. the connection there? It doesn't make sense. And how is it connected to the first movie other than just being called Pumpkinhead 2? I don't know. That That's kind of like, really weird to me. And like, say what you will about the first movie, at least there's a theme there. The theme, of right. course, being yeah. that like, yeah. revenge and vengeance ultimately leaves you hollow. What's the theme for like the theme for this movie <laughs> is at best the sins of the father are visited upon the son, which is bad, or mentally challenged people are magic, which is worse. <laughs> well, the, the theme the, the theme also seems to be if we use the the you know quite frankly offensive makeup we've used for this uh, differently abled child, and we put it on the old lady, will anyone notice? Because they basically right, yeah, have they, the they same fucking like prosthetics. It's it's just ridiculous. Like all of the prosthetics on these two people are just offensive and weird, and they don't need to be there. Um, and it but, just doesn't. It doesn't like also explain why when the kid is being killed in the beginning, the woman is like feeling all of his pain yeah, and like yeah. you know squirming when he's being stabbed and beaten and all this stuff. Like, what's the connection there? Yeah, no. and then you just find out later. Oh yeah, she took him in and fed him because he was some orphan kid out in the woods. Like what? Also, the, the 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 keeping with this idea of missing the point on how legends and folk stories work. Every time they find any piece of new information, a character has to go like the legend. Like, right. You don't you don't have to say it every time. Like I, I I didn't write it down, but I tried to keep track. I think nine times in this movie, someone oh. says. The ledge, like the or it's like the stories. The stories are true. Something along those lines, and it's like they really yeah. want us to know that there's a backstory here that they just don't have time to actually fill us in on. Tied into that, the acting in this movie is just so hilariously dramatic. It's 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 fucking. I don't know if they were in in on the joke, but if they were, kudos to them because it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's bananas. It's like. The only person who's acting is like, um, rem is even like remotely, uh, not just, I'm not going to say good because I do think Andrew Robinson is a good actor, mm -hmm. um, is the one kid who is like, not the shitty kid from Return of the Living Dead 3, right. but his one friend is like, um, the guy, the guy says like, uh, we're not going to tell anyone about this. And the dude's like, no, we need to tell someone like we may have committed murder. Like right. we have to go to the we hit this just how it's just gonna go. Like that actor is the only person in the entire movie 
whose acting is, I'm not going to say it's good, but it's the appropriate level of acting I expect in this movie. Like, not this, like, fucking train car, a streetcar named Desire fucking Marlon Brando performance that Robinson is turning in on the end. Like, just howling, like, no, Tom, like, get the fuck out of here. You were in Dirty Harry. Well, also, even, even that whole thing, right? Like, he saved that kid's life, which is cool. Right. But then, you know, he, that's the only interaction they ever had. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I, I met I, him for three minutes 30 years ago. So now I'm devastated when he's yeah. killed because he came back and murdered 10 people in the town that I'm the sheriff of. <laughs> I also, the thing that I found uh, delightfully bad, they, sometimes there are things that are bad, guys. Yeah. That I should think, oh, this is bad. But then instead, I find them delightfully bad. And what I found delightfully bad here was the this group of again ne'er do well kids. Mm-hmm, How mm-hmm. '90s they looked! Like this oh, was yeah, with the vests and the shorts oh, and the boots and man. everything. Yeah, I always wanted to have the kind of arms where I could have <laughs> a flannel shirt with the sleeves ripped off. Nice. I always thought that looked really sick, you know. <laughs> but I never, I could never pull it off. But they're just so. It, they're out. When I say y'all, that their outfits are ridiculous. They they look like they're in a PSA you'd watch in Dare class, like you know, like that's oh, it's yeah. just utterly over the top. And and even the idea that like as soon as the new sheriff gets to town, his daughter's like, okay, where are the bad kids? I need to find the bad <laughs> right, kids. Right, and right. then as soon as she gets with the bad kids, she's like, oh, you guys are so bad. I'm so. Upset. She literally yeah, says, I'm "You must hop be in the your convertible and make out with you." Now. Yeah. Yeah, she literally you says, like, you must be the local, local tough guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, man. Just in case you didn't pick up on that when yeah. you're watching the movie, you know, they have to spoon feed it to you. I also yeah. didn't know that Kane Hodder was in this. So when he showed up, yeah, it, it showed like. Up. I, I did the Leonardo DiCaprio point at the screen thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I did, it had been so long since I had watched this. And then, like, he showed up, and I was just like, oh, shit. You know, why wouldn't he be? Yeah, I guess same thing with Linnea Quigley. Like, why wouldn't he be in this? Oh, man. <sighs> this fucking movie. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Who else is in this? Yeah. The final girl is Amy Dolan's daughter of Mickey Dolan's of the Monkeys. How about oh, that? Oh shit! What? I didn't know that. You didn't know that? Yeah, yeah. The the the, the final girl who has one of the best slash worst lines in the movie after everybody's dead and after like you know, dad finds his fucking fire truck from thirty years ago and has a real big emotional breakdown over it. She just goes, "Everybody's dead. They're at the crime scene. There's just like." body and she just goes i'm sorry dad just like very casually just i'm sorry she just, just like you know oh yeah my bad sorry every, everybody in town said oops <laughs> you know yeah it's 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 absurd it goes along with the whole it's like the complete opposite of the over dramatic acting from the rest of the movie which is really funny you think the guy who directed puppet master 4 would have done a better <laughs> job on this one <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wow. Also, Puppet Master 5. I mean, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? In <laughs> fact, the, the only movie he did here that, like, I've heard people defend and really enjoy is that uh, Leatherface movie, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 movie. Uh, I yeah, because that's not a... That. That, that, that movie's not a complete piece of shit. Well, listen, it's also not Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1 or 2, so it doesn't need to fucking exist, and that goes for all of them. Exactly. He did. But that's a whole. Oh that's a whole other discussion, right? 
Oh, very, very much so. Yeah, he did. Uh, in 2012, he did a little movie called Alien Tornado, which two things I'm terrified of, so I'm not even gonna watch that. Movie. <laughs> and then in Alien Tornado, is that about what it sounds like? Is it like a sci-fi original? It needs to be, or like an okay. asylum film. Um, yeah, and same then he thing. did. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. He did Puppet Master. Blitz Puppet Master Blitzkrieg Massacre in 2018. What are you? Was that that shitty, like, really racist Puppet Master movie with Barbara Crampton? No, that was directed by somebody famous. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yeah, Hitler was directed by Hitler. (laughs) No, I think it might have been what's his name who did. uh, Maybe it wasn't directed. Maybe it was written by him. But it's the the cell the brawl on cell block. 99 guy. Oh, that fucking right-wing yeah. dickhead. <laughs> yeah, the jerk, that jerk-off. Uh, I want to point out, he did Pumpkinhead 2 after the Puppet Master movies and Leatherface and Stepfather 2, by the way. Dude, there are so many Puppet Master movies. Yeah, I lost track a there long time st- ago. That, go- that goes back into what we were talking about earlier about how Full Moon just went completely off the rails and just... Why are they still making movies? How many evil so bomb many people do you need, really? That 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 are all about like Nazis, and they're uh-huh. all like they're all like Axis of Evil, Axis Rising, <laughs> Puppet Master X, Puppet Master Axis Termination, Blade, The Iron Cross. Oh. Jesus Christ! Is somebody trying to tell us something here? Oh, all right. Well, there's not much more we could say else about Pumpkinhead Two Bloodwings, so. I guess we're going to wrap it up. Hey, Chris, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, hey, yeah, thanks dude, for having it's a fucking me, blast. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Um, if people want to find you on Twitter, you post interesting stuff on there. Can they follow you there? Right. Absolutely. It's uh, at ChrisIsHCFest. And you're about to go on tour, right? Who are you going on tour with? I am, yeah. I'll be out with Riff Me Razor in last week of March through the last week of April. Sick. Yeah, so if you're there, go find him and Yeah, come, and, come and say, say hi up. and come say hi and hit my tip jar and whatever. Yo, definitely yeah. hit that tip jar hard. I mean with money, don't actually hit the jar, but yeah. you know, yeah, 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 that, jerk that. off. Yeah. So uh you can head to cinepunks.com to check out more episodes of this podcast. And there's a other ones on there too. Um Lots of them. Pa- there's a few. You can hit the patreon.com backslash cinepunks if you want to become a subscriber. And you can check out our sponsors at uh, www.xlvacx.com and www.essexcoffeeroasters. Essex I do this every single time. I'm Roasters, stupid. buddy. Roasters. Roasters, plural. plural. Um, also, it's worth pointing out that Chris Reject, celebrated non-edgeman, <laughs> celebrated good dude, um, has he started his own little t-shirt company, doesn't compete with Liam's, <laughs> it's different it's different it's like a bootleg t-shirt company dry rot check it out um i post about it occasionally on the hard business twitter and the hard business instagram um i just got their blue velvet design that's pretty cool so uh yeah, yeah. until next time um fuck ted cruz and um yeah i guess that's it peace
Bye. Do you scan the night sky in search of unidentified aerial phenomena? Do you lose sleep over strange projects funded by the CIA? Ever wonder which orifices ectoplasm comes out of? Come explore the unexplained and unexplainable with us on our podcast, Weird, Obscure, and Possibly Unsafe. We'll talk about telepomancy, haunted railroads, sentient umbrella spirits, mind-altering video games, remote viewing, SpongeBob conspiracy theories, and only gets weirder from there. Each episode will share three stories about all the weird things they tell you not to believe. Weird, obscure, and possibly unsafe. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey! Hey!